Hi, filmmakers. Jason Brubaker with Film Making Stuff, where we show you how to make, market, and sell your movie without the middleman. I'm speaking to you from sunny Southern California, and I'd like to welcome you to the show. Now, I should have known this going into the whole mess. We were coming off a home run hit that we had with our zombie movie, and as I mentioned in the previous podcast, we weren't, you know, we didn't do major box office, but for an indie movie distributed on the internet, we did pretty okay. So naturally, we thought that we were super talented and anything we produced would become a hit. And we were so wrong. This is the problem with early success. If you don't watch it, it can absolutely inflate your ego. Early success can blind you to reality. And the reality was our second feature came out boring. And that's an understatement. It sucked. How did we get to this point? How could we have possibly produced a crappy drama that nobody, not even my mom, cared about? Before I dig into this a little deeper, let me tell you what we had going for us. Our first feature was a little zombie movie that presently had a cult following. There were hundreds, maybe even thousands of websites reposting our trailer everywhere. As a result, we had over 100,000 horror movie enthusiasts coming to our website. Many of these people emailed us asking when we were going to make a sequel. It sounds like the obvious next step for our career, right? Think about it. We had access to a hungry market. They loved our work. So why not give them what they want? Well, I'll tell you what we didn't want to do. We didn't want to make another zombie movie. And here's the reason. Our team, and I dare admit me included in this, we decided that it would be better for our careers if we made something a little bit more mainstream, something a little bit more indie, something a little bit more serious. People keep saying stuff like, um, we're making this movie for the love. In retrospect, it must have been the love of failure because we completely alienated our zombie-loving audience. And for what? So we could impress the studios? There, I said it. We wasted time, effort, money, and the chance to really capitalize on the market who loved us in the hopes Universal Studios would come knocking. Remember, I've been talking about your ego, the difference between your ego and your bank account. Man, that quote I shared with you about how your ego is not going to fill your bank account. Well, obviously I'm speaking from experience. In this case, we blew all of the rules. Let me let me give you five major things that we screwed up on, right? In this case, we blew... Well, first of all, we made a drama that I really can't even to today easily describe what the heck's going on in a short, concise logline. Number two is we had no idea who our target audience was. Unbelievable. I'm the guy that's always talking about this stuff. Well, I'm always talking about this because I learned, obviously, a tough lesson. Number three, we had no marketing plan. Our marketing plan was a hope strategy. We were hoping that some distributor would just want to pick up our movie. Number four, we had no star talent attached. I don't need to tell you why that's important. It's important. And number five, our screenplay was good, but not great. And uh, the guy who wrote the screenplay happens to be one of my best friends. And he'll even admit that there was some good stuff that he had in there. And by the time we got to production, the director uh, maybe decided that it just wasn't right or they got it edited out. Anyway, whatever. Whatever was on that screenplay didn't show up on screen. And the end result was... Well, the end result was we should have just we should have just made another zombie movie. I don't know why we didn't. Um, and I could probably go on all day 
the truth is, any one of the bullet points that I mentioned, they could sink any movie. I don't know if you've ever heard people say that you learn more from your mistakes than your successes, um, but what I just described to you was a super expensive lesson for me, and it set my career back quite a few years, I, I believe. You know, and let's talk a little bit about our film festival screening. The first time I saw our second feature film play on the big screen was at some regional film festival in Wine Country, California. Now, I'm not getting super specific here because I want to protect the innocent and all that kind of stuff. But if you can picture this, we were scheduled for an afternoon screening in a wine cave dug into the side of a hill. Surrounding us were a whole bunch of wine barrels. And as the movie flickered on the big screen, a few things became apparent to me. For starters, I'll just be honest here, I was pretty buzzed, probably because I had won too many glasses of Pinot Grigio. Um, but more apparent, outside of the cast and crew, only a few people actually showed up for our screening. The next hour and a half was so long. It was embarrassingly long. And maybe you've had this experience. Maybe you've made a movie that sucks. And maybe you drove six hours to attend a screening only to realize it was a colossal waste of your time. But here's the, here, here's the big lesson. Don't stop. Don't stop your career. Just because you have, you know... Just because you have a movie that didn't work, the next thing you got to do is you got to focus on your next movie. You got to increase momentum. You got to start moving towards your next goal. And sure, in this whole journey that you and I are on, every once in a while you're going to create something that could have been a lot better. And now you know, I'm speaking from experience, but you have to keep going. You know, I actually learned this lesson from Roger Corman when I read his book, How I Made 100 Movies in Hollywood and Never Lost a Dime. This book is pretty dated, but I still say it's one of the best filmmaking books I ever read. It provides details on how Roger Corman uh, was able to make one movie after another. And if you were to add you know, video-on-demand distribution uh, in place of some of the things that he was doing back then, well, I got to say some aspects of his model are more relevant now than ever before. If you want to check out um, his book and some other tools I put together, go to Filmmaking Stuff dot com forward slash filmmaking hyphen tools i should probably shorten that email address but then i mean that web address but again filmmaking stuff.com forward slash filmmaking hyphen tools uh you'll find a list of my filmmaking tools or you could just go to the website and and click where it says stuff uh you'll find it there too um let me share something strange with you real quick you know most filmmakers never make more than just a short movie and of those filmmakers, only a few go on to make a feature film. And out of those feature filmmakers, many only make one feature film. Isn't that interesting? It's because the first feature feels like a pipe dream. And then you do it. You climb that mountain, you catch your breath, and you realize something you never prepared for. There is another higher mountain to climb right after that other one. Problem is, you don't have any more energy. A lot of filmmakers just give up at this point. Then they get day jobs and they retire from the business altogether. So let me give you the next plan of attack here. The important thing for you is to push forward, onward, planning the next steps beyond just your first feature. Your goal is to not only focus on the tasks at hand, which will only get you so far. Your next big goal is to focus on your entire career. What does it look like? What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Don't think that you can't plan beyond your first feature. Well, guess what? You can. Now, I've talked to you before about a, a producer friend of mine, Tom Malloy, um, 
and somebody else named Amy Schof. Uh, they've both figured out ways to make this happen. Amy produced, for example, 30 feature films. She's totally the real deal. Her, her movies are oftentimes in Sundance. She knows how to get movies made. And the question for you is why can't you do the same? So I want to share with you uh, in another podcast you know, how, you, how I was able to dive back into the whole feature film thing. And I want to show you how you can reverse engineer your feature film into something marketable. Um, this, by the way, is all based on lessons I'm learning now working in film distribution. But for right now, I want to recap just a little bit more here. Uh, the things to think about, your ego, your bank account, and also you become the people you spend the most time with. Now, after getting all of these uh, things in your psych, you know, I wonder if you're still going to continue to do silly activities when you could be taking actions that actually produce results. I believe that you have what it takes already. Obviously, you do or you wouldn't be listening to this. So, you know, some of the things that I talk about feel similar to the stuff that we've talked about before, but hopefully it's getting through that thick head of yours and you're ready to rock and roll. You're ready to make some stuff happen. Um, selfishly, I want you to make feature films because I want to help you sell them and distribute them. I mean, honestly, that's, that's, uh, that would be fun. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, so for now, I'll leave you with this. Take action. Make your movie now. If you need anything additional, visit the website makeyourmovienow.com. And of course, I'm Jason Brubaker, and you can always email me, jason at filmmakingstuff.com. Talk to you soon.